Welcome to episode 22 of the I Can Dig It podcast. I'm Ike. I'm Bailey. I'm Christian. Today on this episode, we're going to be talking about Resident Evil 2 and 4. Uh, Bailey's going to tell us about Dead Cells on the Switch. Um, we're going to talk a little bit about the Mountain Goats, the new, uh, what, what was that, album, that, that, that group called? Fiddler? Fiddler. New Fiddler. 2019 Fiddler album. Mm. Came out this month, I think. Uh, Dragon Ball Z new character roster updates. Uh, we're going to be talking about the Piranha Plant, which just dropped in Smash a couple weeks ago. And uh, we're going to talk about a, a piece of media that we'd like to remake. All right. Hey, Christian. Nice. What have you been listening to, my man? Uh, Chris. Yes, sir. Chris. Uh, uh, I've been listening to basically two albums. I'll start with the smaller one first, I guess. Um, a couple nights ago, I revisited Danger Days by My Chemical Romance. I stand firm. This is their best album. We stand this album. It's this album. Every time I go back to it, I just have a dumb smile on my face. It feels like My Chemical Romance to me. And... With a new flavor on it, you know, you got some EDM in there, you got some electronic, you got some catchy pop beats, like some of the songs like Planetary Go is really bouncy and fun and just awesome. Summertime is probably my favorite song. It's a little more acoustic-y, more ballady. It's really fun to listen to. That album as a whole is like nostalgic for me, but not in like I listen to it just for nostalgia. Like it's just such a good album to listen to. It's one of my favorite albums of all time. Check it out. I'll fight anyone on the streets. This is the best My Chemical Romance album. <laughs> Duh, holy shit. All right, man. <laughs> fucking. It's... I used to argue with people a lot. <laughs> I'll fucking rip your face off for my scene group. <laughs> Jesus, man. That was me. <laughs> Check me out in 20, 2013. <laughs> you ever see that fucking gif of those like three scene guys in a high school quad? They're like swinging their arms at each <laughs> other like propellers, and that's it says me. like, "When you find the dude that says Rar X, that's been texting Rar XD to your girl." <laughs> oh God, that's mm. bad. Oh, oh shit, shit, so good. Tell us about that Fiddler album. Oh, I haven't shit. listened to that as well, so I can have a, a little bit of commentary on Sweet. it. Um, I think it was in January. Fiddler released their newest album called Almost Free. I think it's their third studio album, and it's fucking good. Um, this is the only album by Fiddler I've listened to, even though I got recommended their second album a lot, but I never checked it out. That one's called Two, by the way, T-O-O. Yeah. Came out in 2015. Um, I, I didn't really know what to expect coming into this album, except knowing that this is just a raw punk band. That's all I knew. And uh, this album just caught me by surprise completely. There's some raw punk rock in here with an I don't give a fuck attitude. You got influences from the Black Keys, Beastie Boys, grunge, punk, catchy choruses that just make me go, ooh, each time I was listening to it in the car and I just had this dumb grin and I was bouncing my head like, mm, I can't look at the road because I'm just in this music. Ooh. It was so good. Dude, it was fucking dangerous. Anthony Fantano over here. Did you write that yourself? Jesus, yeah, I, man. It's on the top of my Iced. dome right now. Dude, music's so good it threatens your life. You're ooh. right. And, and it... Fits the album. This album's just like, I don't give a fuck the whole time. That's all the lyrics. Um, I think the intro track is called Get Off My Rock. You're right. <laughs> that song, I freaking love it. It's so different from every other song off the album. It reminds me a lot of the Beastie Boys as well as um, Rage Against the Machine. Like, Ooh. when I hear it, I just think Rage Against the Machine, their song Testify. It's nothing like that song, but I feel like they could be played in the same playlist, and I would love it. 
Go. I completely see your point with Testify, though, because it's that, like, hardcore, like, we got a really hard riff, fucking slamming drums, and we're going to scream at you. Uh, I feel that I love the concept of the song more than I love the song itself. Okay. Uh, from what I can gleam from the lyrics, it's about the imperialization of Hawaii and them kind of just being like, you're on my fucking land, get off. Yeah. <laughs> Which sure. I kind of love. Like, my home is not a tourist destination, and... I think we need to see more of that. It's fucking, it's raw, it hits hard. I'm just not really a fan of rap rock. Yeah, and that's that's the vibes it gives off, but it's super good. Um, my favorite, though? By Myself. By Myself? 100% By Myself. That is my favorite song as well. It's got, uh, it feels like a surfer bro song, kind of. It's just super catchy. It starts off with just him and like an acoustic guitar, and it's really rough. Sounds like he's fucking drunk and slurring while he's singing it. And then it comes in, and all the band comes in. It's just really catchy and fun. I also love the lyrics and the concept behind the song. It's about self-medication. I think the opening lyric is, crack and open a cold one with the boys by myself. Yeah. Mm. It's like, oh, shit, Jesus. And it, it it can be like you can take it in more of a positive way, like I think you are. No, and I'm the... taking it in a way of like I'm self-medicating. And it's like people say I need professional help. I think it's about like alcoholism and not being yeah. able to no, that's... control yourself. Yeah. Okay, we're on the same page. My second favorite, <laughs> Called You Twice. Fucking love that song. It's a great track about, like, kind of being head over for somebody that, like, you know is kind of negative, but you're still head over for them. I like the lyrics to that song. I don't like that song that Ooh. much. I don't like K-Flay at all. What about it? I don't like K-Flay. She ruins the song for me. Really? What about her? What about her? Her vocals, just, like... Uh, maybe maybe this is part of my bias for not liking her music in general, mm-hmm. but I feel like her music, she tries to do this mix between rock, pop, and she doesn't mesh very well, and her vocals bother the shit out of me because it just feels like she's trying so hard to like make her voice perfectly, purposefully scratchy and gross, mm-hmm. and it just sounds really like guttural and nasty to me i don't like her vocals at i can all. see that mm-hmm. um but i love the i like the lyrics to that song a lot and like i like how ballady it is but i also feel like it it fucks up the whole tone of the album for me like the the whole album up until that point i'm like fuck yeah fuck yeah and then it just goes to a screeching halt and i'm like oh and then it slowly starts to pick back up and i just want it to keep giving me that like upbeat hardcore punk the whole time. I like tonal shifts like that in albums where it's like suddenly like a crashing hall and then a crashing hall like flies into some crazy shit. Like that's some of my favorite things in albums when they can really shock me. I do too. I just wish it was more of a gradual halt because I feel like this one took it from like 90 to 20 in a split second. Okay, but counterpoint. The the opening track to oh Christ. <laughs> now I'm going to have to look it up. It's that uh Oh, Jesus. Uh, if this tour doesn't kill you, I will. Transitioning right into DVP. But uh, what did you say? Counterpoint. Mm-hmm. That's a good song. Fuck you. Uh, oh, <laughs> oh, 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 Savagery. God. Uh, I can take my head. Dude, counter dunk. Oh, my God. <laughs> Counterpoint. I don't like K-Flight. That's that's my biggest problem with the song. some counter stank on it. Jesus. Jesus like, Christ, it's, I won't skip the track, but when I... Like, think of this album, I don't think of that song. That's, like, the last song I think of. You know what? Fair enough, man. I will say, I think the last half of the album is weaker as a whole. I think the first, like, up until the track after Almost Free, so Scam Likely and Behind, Mm. this album's amazing. Like, 
Scam Likely gives you some fun surfer skater vibes. It's like track six or seven. There's some horns in there. I'm a sucker for horns and punk music. Mm-hmm. That fucking kills me. Before that, you got Almost Free, which is just super instrumental and kind of jazzy in a way. It's real fun to listen to. Um, I, I like the whole album, but I think the first half is amazing, and then the back half starts to lose me a little bit. Yeah, fair enough. But whole album as a whole, it's fucking good. Contender for, listen to it. you know, so getting I think, up there top five albums of the year so far. Yes. I mean, it's hella early to say it, but this one is on par, may, maybe like a little less of a contender than Bring Me the Horizon was. Like, okay. Let's say Bring Me the Horizon is like my number one at the moment. This is definitely a number two or like a 1.5, if that makes any sense at all. <laughs> makes total sense, man. Makes total sense. Bailey! Hi. What have you been listening to, and what's on the I Can Dig It Weekly this week? So on the I Can Dig It Weekly, we got a bunch of like R&B, hip-hop, some hardcore rap, just to start it off, and also have some like some funky stuff as well. So we have "Ain't Got Time" by Tyler Creator. Uh, repeat, he's on. He was on the weekly last week with um, "See You Again," and uh, those are both from these. Both of these songs are from what was it, Flower Boy? And I listened to that whole album. And I'll get into that in a second. But Ooh. very Ooh. intense uh, hardcore rap at that point for Tyler Creator. If you want to get in more of his hard stuff, "Ain't Got Time" is a good place to start. Stolen, Mo- Stolen Moments by Cautious Clay, which is a more uh, relaxing R&B song, which is kind of weird to go after, ain't got time, but whatever. In no particular order, these songs are good. And then we have So Badly by JMSN. And this song kind of reminds me of like that late 60s, 70s, like R&B funk kind of stuff with like very bass heavy, just make you want to just throw your head back and forth kind of thing. Um, very good song. Best Friend by Rex Orange County. Ooh. Mm, very turn. relaxing. Another feel-good song by Rex Orange County. Just make you feel nice. Make you feel all bubbly inside. Put a smile on your face. Cool by, and I think it's the last one, yeah. Cool by Zach Villare, which is just kind of a, it reminds me of like, this is going to sound weird, but like the the music that was in Napoleon Dynamite, <laughs> but a more like modern, like electronic synthy take to it and everything. Even the guy kind of looks like, Napoleon Dynamite here. <laughs> no, I'm going to show you. No. Here. That's really? him. <laughs> he kind of looks like Napoleon it's Dynamite. It's Napoleon himself. Oh yeah. <laughs> In the flesh. Yeah. But all those dude, songs. Dude, that's like Napoleon, that's like Napoleon. M80. What the fuck? That's <laughs> Napoleon <laughs> stunt double, dude. <laughs> like, what? Oh, for all the stunts in Napoleon Dynamite. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I actually needed a stunt double and I dropped that doll out the window. <laughs> I couldn't talk to Tina to her face. I needed a stunt double. <laughs> See, when I turn that three quarters away from Tina, eat the food, as soon as I say eat, it's Terry. <laughs> I love that he has a base Terry. <laughs> before, before we get into Flower Boy. Oh, I'm God. sorry we're dunking on this guy when he makes no, good he music. No, looks, he looks ridiculous. <laughs> that's so rude. But he makes good music, so like... Well, okay. Before, he has that going for him. <laughs> before we get into... <laughs> Well, Tyler, the creator's flower boy, where can we find this wonderful playlist and uh, the collection of playlists we've had before? It's all on Spotify. <laughs> Just search up I Can Dig It Weekly or I Can Dig It Vault, and you'll see our logo. Just plaster on there. The uh, vault gets songs added to it every every podcast, and the weekly gets rotated out every podcast. So there's always some new stuff going in and out. Excellent. So Tell me about Tyler. Definitely check it out. So Tyler... The creator. I don't usually listen to whole albums, but I decided this was a good time to do it because all the songs that I've heard from this album are fucking killer. So I'm just going to go through pretty quick since I'm not an album guy. 
just gonna get some songs in here that are delicious and I love. We have Forward, which is a has Rex Orange County featured on it. He's actually featured twice in this album, so he's featured in Forward and then okay. another good song, Boredom. Both really good songs. Uh, Forward's very lyrically dense for Tyler, very intense rap song, but it also keeps that very chill vibe that Rex Orange County brings to the the table. And then we have See You Again, which is like the mainstay of this album. Probably the like the best song on here in terms of production in terms of like the one verse that tyler has in it and in terms of the piano that he brings to the song it all just meshes together and it's beautiful little package it's very relaxing is that the one that you guys have played a lot around the house probably? uh probably <clears throat> maybe i think so it's the okay okay that one yeah, yeah. that song Ooh, mm-hmm. I don't listen to Tyler, the creator, but that song alone makes me want to listen to this album. Mm-hmm. I highly recommend Tyler. His lyrics are fantastic, and his production is top tier. Yeah. <laughs> Any more on a personal note? He's just a funny guy. Everything that guy puts out that's not music is fucking hilarious. I just won't give him a birthday present. You won't. <laughs> <laughs> the birthday gift on my birthday. <laughs> Dude, that's some dumb shit. I love, what was it, Loiter Squad? Loiter Squad, that yeah. so good. I think like half of that show is him just smacking his friend Jasper. <laughs> like, <laughs> happy birthday. <laughs> Jasper, you're here for one thing and one thing only. <laughs> yeah, there's like a bunch of videos of him online, just Jasper filming. Like, hey, we're we're at this place. And Tyler goes, why are you filming me? And he chases him and just smacks the shit out of him. <laughs> I hate yeah, you. you. Jasper, shut the fuck up. <laughs> yeah. We're getting off topic, though. Sorry. Uh, so forward... Uh, See You Again, Ain't Got Time, which is on the weekly. Very good song. Another um, Lyrically dense, but also hardcore in the rap on that point. And then 9-11 and Mr. Lonely, which follows up Ain't Got Time. Very, very good album. It has a good mix of just very kind of relaxing hip-hop and then just very like hardcore, just heavy beats rapping it as well. Would suggest it to anybody. Would suggest it to my mom. Like, give it a listen. It's pretty good. <laughs> Mom approved. Mom approved. That's right. Bam. Fucking, I need to listen to that album again because I remember enjoying it and Bailey put it on the car and it's just like, oh, Ooh. oh, these damn chills. I remember. Mm-hmm. It's just so good. Anybody go give it a try. Flower Boy by Tyler, the creator. Anything yeah. else you want to mention, Bailey? Um, musically, no. For more Tyler, the creator shit, go look at the video where he makes waffles. Just type it into your YouTube. <laughs> Tyler Creator makes waffles. Oh my God, can you let me finish what I'm doing? <laughs> um, I'm not finished. <laughs> my favorite, he has such like sassy eyes. <laughs> it's my favorite. <laughs> I like towards the end of that video, he's like, everybody come here, try this right now. <laughs> he's like, taste it. Number right now. Say 10 out of 10. I swear to God, I'll sock the shit out of you. <laughs> oh <my God>. <laughs> 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 His fucking voice is just so funny. Uh, that video it. will be in the show notes. <laughs> oh, so good. <laughs> Christian, put a little note here. <laughs> just, is that the noise we're doing now? That's the note. Christian, That's the editor's note. Christian, there's an editor's note. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to get us like a I'm button suck on that this plays piece of hard candy while you put that editor's note in, boy. Mm. <laughs> I'm going to get a button that like plays a, no- a noise every time we want to do something, and it'll be that. We're well, not getting like a fucking morning radio. Yes, like, we are. Like, I'm getting board. an easy button. It's happening. <laughs> <laughs> this one's the toilet flush button. This is the one of the lady making a sex noise. It's going to be great. <laughs> I'm going to have that on my computer the next time we do I want you to just have one button that makes the lady sex noise. No, it's going to be a it. full soundboard of just dumb shit. <laughs> That's all it's going to be. I don't even know what half this shit does. Whap. Whap. <laughs> Can it be like quotes from like Full Metal Jacket or some shit? <laughs> no. <laughs> I love the smell of napalm in the morning. Oh, <laughs> Jesus. 
That'd be great. It'd be great. I myself. <laughs> yeah, sorry. <laughs> Off topic. <laughs> uh, I've been bringing back some old standbys, listening to some new shit. Uh, first and foremost, I've been listening to Emotion, Carly Rae Jepsen. Oh, again. girl. <laughs> uh, I play this. Mm. I've just been playing so much of this album. It's been in my life so much. Um, I still love Run Away With Me. Some of the hardest <laughs> horns, some of the deepest drops. I just want to skip when I hear that song. Mm. That's all I want to do. Just skip around, frolic. Is it weird to be like proud of my boy for listening to Carly Bay Jepsen? Dude, fuck <laughs> it, man. It's 2019. Emphasis on the bay. Mm-hmm. I don't think there's a song on this album that I don't absolutely adore in some way, shape, or form. Mm. Either lyrically, it's probably the pop album that, again, I've said this before and I will say it again. This album goes real fucking hard. Like, you can tell Carly Rae Jepsen is like hitting her ranges really well. She's trying real hard. There's a ton of appropriately emotion in all the songs um one of my favorites is because it's super cute is let's get lost yeah because i've had that feeling before alone with my crush we're on a car driving to a place hey let's take the long way home just oh oh carly (laughs) carly (laughs) i love tracks that are a little bit more self-aware again like boy problems it's a Mm. song that's about carly ray it's kind of make, poking fun of her musical career, just being like, you're losing all these boys. What's going on? You're like a boy strainer. <laughs> and there's another one, When I Needed You, that I absolutely adore. It's about, I'm willing to change for you to make this relationship work, but fuck you for not willing to be able to do the same thing for me. So mm-hmm. Reclaim that shit. That's good right. on you, Carly Rae. That's right. Ah, So good. Emotion, Carly Rae Jepsen. Making the most the of the out. night. Oh, god damn it. Great We're going to be here all night. Most of the night. <laughs> Very well. Dipping into some old, uh, <laughs> some older stuff. I started listening to this podcast, Heat Rocks. It's a really interesting podcast. They bring on a guest every episode, and they talk about an album that's really important to them, two hosts. Fantastic show. Really, really good production. Check it out. Uh, Christian's putting it on his <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> um... One of them was the essential Otis Redding. Uh, what? Otis Redding, exact Oh, dude, artist from sitting 60s. on the dock of the bay. Oh my God! You know Otis, dude. I. Oh my God! <laughs> That's crazy. <laughs> Tell me more. I'm excited. So I'm listening to his Essentials album. I've been really enjoying the following. I know that like people generally enjoy this. I guess Otis. Like, traditionalists don't enjoy sitting on the dock of the bay because it's so different from what he usually is. Mm-hmm. I can feel that, but that's still a fantastic song. That's still an amazing song. Much respect to Otis Redding. Much respect, especially that song. Like, fuck, it's very emotional. I didn't expect that song to be like an emotional sucker punch of, I'm just kind of waiting things out. Yeah. Not really doing much. Not really feeling great about that, but I'm still sitting on the dock on the bay. Yeah. Uh, I love Otis's raspy, deep just soul-crushing voice and songs like These Arms of Mine. They're so wonderful and tender. Uh, Try a Little Tenderness. It was pointed out on that podcast, and I was like, there's no way it starts out super-duper slow and then it goes crazy. And then it did. Mm-hmm. It do. Mm-hmm. It's got like a Proud Mary kind of vibe to it where you're just like kind of slow, and it just kicks up right in the middle, and you're like, oh, my God, it's we're like, here. You got the tenderness. You got to squeeze. Tease on tease. Oh, it's chill. He's going, it's insane. It's real good. Uh, this I found my favorite version of Hard to Handle. Fucking Otis Redding kills that song. That's that song with the pretty little thing. Let me light your candle, because, Mama, I'm sure hard to handle now. Yes, I am. Mm-hmm. Beautiful. 
I love Tramp with Carla Thomas. It's just this cute back and forth song. Uh, he has a great version of Satisfaction, I think. I don't know if I like it more than oh Christ, who was it? Should I? Is that the Stones? Yeah, it's the Stones. Yeah. I don't know if I like it better than the Stones version, but I love Otis Redding's vocals. Uh, I love, love. I've got dreams to remember. That's a heartbreaker. Just seeing you, seeing your woman in another man's arms, and it's like, God damn, Otis, you're nailing it. His version of My Girl is fantastic, soulful, beautiful, adorable. Otis Redding gets cute, and he gets deep, and he gets tender. <laughs> loving Otis Redding, I really want to dip into his deep discography. Really loving it. Deep diving back into my comfort zone again, the mountain goats. <laughs> I'm rereading Wolf and White Van, got me in the mood to listen to the mountain goats. Uh, the big album right now for me is still Beat the Champ, concept album about the uh, highs and lows of wrestling. Uh, some of my favorite tracks, Southwestern Territory, it's kind of about being a small-time professional wrestler, uh, just being on the road, the difficulties of that. You, pretty, you don't think about stuff like professional wrestlers and performers actually like having that sort of like musician's road life of like probably just being in a van or a plane like 90% of the time, mm-hmm. being exhausted. And like the song says, pass out from local TV in a shitty motel room. Mm. It's kind of a bummer. That's sad. Mm-hmm. Uh, th- my favorite tar- track off the album, The Legend of Chavo Guerrero. Ooh, that's my favorite too. Oh, it's so fucking good. It's uh, John Darnielle, very, very just excited. You can hear the enthusiasm and love in his voice, uh, recounting kind of this uh, personal biography of Chavo Guerrero, uh, inserting his own commentary on it, how much he loved the guy. Uh, my favorite lyric is, uh, and I need justice in my life. Here it comes. That lyric makes me tear up. Just saying it out loud is just chills. Because if you get the context of it, uh, he also mentions this in the song. Uh, his stepfather, uh, you can read all about it, I guess, in uh, The Sunset Tree, was his abuser. And his stepfather was, you know, he brought him to wrestling matches, but his stepfather always rooted for the heel. Mm-hmm. And there's a lot of lyrics about that. Uh Oh, it was Chavo never lent, once let me down, but you did. Stuff like that. And it's just like, mm. Jesus Christ. <laughs> uh, fun comedy songs for an object. Just a heel with something in your hand and you're going to stab him in the eye with it. It's fucking hilarious. Uh, heel Turn 2. I love this one because it's all about uh, somebody that's like this big hero to a lot of people. You see fans in the audience choking up. He talks about the leader of the fan club choking up as he sees like his hero turn into a heel. And I think that's fucking great. Fire Editorial is just, I, I, I think that's the one, the uh, one musical, the uh, instrumental, excuse me. Werewolf Gimmick, I think it's the hardest I've ever heard Dar- John Darnielle go. It's all about the, the werewolf gimmick, him going, like, somebody going fucking nuts in the ring. He talks about tearing somebody's face apart. It's crazy. It's great. Uh, it's one of my favorite albums by the Mountain Goats, topped only, I think, by maybe Transcendental Youth. It kind of goes back and forth, and Under the Sunset Tree is on top. Yeah. 100%. Check it out. Uh, again, he's coming out with a new album in April. He's been popping out EPs left and right, though. There are EPs I had no idea were out there. He it's doesn't like... stop, dude. I didn't realize Beat the Champ is so recent. Right, it's 2015. Yeah. It's crazy. Dude's like, like last year he put out, like, two EPs and a single. Yeah, he's and got a then, lot of music under his belt, and it's all good, and it's all different, too. Yeah, check out Goths, too. That's a concept Goths album about uh, the goth period of fashion music and stuff like that. It's fucking delicious. Ugh, Mountain Goats. Check them out. All right, Bailey. Hi. 
Tell us about Dead Cells. Oh, oh, okay. So, sorry, I gotta. Who? Hold on. Okay. okay, never mind. I was gonna, I was freaking out because I hit the mic, but you just fucking just got strangled. I just picked it up. It. Yeah, I had to bring it to me. Um, so recently, Tell me about it, boy. it was my birthday. It was the seventh of February. Happy birthday, buddy. Yes, thank you. Appreciate it. <laughs> Christian got me Dead Cells. Um, a game I had been like eyeing a little bit, but I was like, mm, I'll get it at, at some point. And then Christian has got it for me. Appreciate that. I love you. Um, so to start out, Dead Cells is a Metroidvania roguelike game. So what's that mean, Bailey? So Metroidvania means that you're in a sprawling map that is cubic, um, but two D. Okay. okay. So what does cubic mean in this context? Cubic means like you're not gonna see. Like big round areas, you, all of the spaces you're going to be walking in are going to be some form of a rectangle or square. Okay. But they're going to connect in very interesting and crazy ways with little passageways that are secret and all of that. The other part of the Metroidvania is that um, parts of the maps that you explore are exposed through gaining abilities through progress in the game. Mm-hmm. So that's what that's like the Metroidvania part. There's a big map, cubic, 2D with uh, abilities opening up the rest of the map to you. Roguelike is, it's random every time. So you may see, see something that's familiar to a random, uh, not a random, a recent run of your game, but it's never going to be the same. Every time you start up a new run of the game, it's going to be a completely different map with similar features from recent like runs that you've had and everything. And every time you die, you start from the beginning, you collect stuff as you go to increase your progress in the game and to buff up your character so eventually you can beat the game. Okay, Bailey. Mm-hmm. There's a ton of those sorts of games that you have described. I Metroidvania have. games. What separates Dead Cells from the rest of the crowd? Oh, man. It's the first Metroidvania game, I think, from that I've enjoyed. There might be some recent ones, but this one's probably the most well done. I think Rogue Legacy is one that does something similar. But mm-hmm. um, it's the first one that really hits home on you need to explore the environment to gain different runes and abilities to open up the rest of the map and actually progress. Like, you can't technically, like, get through, I think, what is it, half of the game without two runes. And as you go through the first map that you're into, there's two separate, like, areas you can go to. There's one that you're forced to when you first start to play where you're going to get one rune, one, uh, one rune and as soon as, as soon as you unlock that rune, then, like, I think the rest of the half of the game opens up. Then as you go through there you, I think, unlock two more runes, and then you can finally get to the end and actually make decent progress and get through there. So I'd say that's what differentiates it from these other ones is that the the necessity of, like, needing to have these runes and these upgrades to actually progress in the game. And a lot of other rogue, like, roguelike games, you can usually, if you're good enough, they're usually too hard for you to be able to, but if you're good enough, you can just start up the game and go to the end. Like, you can do that. That's a possibility in Gungeon, technically in Isaac, but that game has an interesting way of doing that. And uh, what's another one? Uh, Wizard of Legacy, you can do that as well. So in those in those ones, you can just kind of go. This one kind of demands more of you and makes you explore more, is that. Also, the combat is way better. The combat in this game is much more in-depth than any other rogue-like game I've ever seen. 
So yeah, tell me about the combat. Describe it. The combat is kind of split between three categories that you use to buff up your character. There's brutality weapons, tactic weapons, and survival weapons that you can use. And as you go through the game, you'll pick up scrolls that'll let you upgrade a certain specific category that'll affect your weapons and your health and your abilities and whatnot. Is there any discernible difference between those three categories? Is yes. Like, okay. So brutality is focused on close combat and close combat like techniques and tactics. Tactics is focused on like distance play and everything like that, bows and arrows, turrets, stuff like that. And survival is focused on shields and basically keeping you alive. Do you have to have a certain amount of each category or could I run with like all brutality weapons? You could run with all brutality weapons. But, but it's not a good idea. <laughs> you could. You would do so much damage, but you'd be a glass cannon. Okay. Basically. And um, another point to go on along with that, uh, when you upgrade your character in between these categories, every time you pick an upgrade, you will increase your health. So whenever you pick, if you keep choosing like brutality, let's say, you'll start with like, okay, it's going to bump you by 50, then 30, then 20, then 8, then 0. So if you keep choosing brutality, you're going to have no health, but your shit will be stacked. Like you will be <laughs> so hard hitting, like it's, it's going to be intense, but like as soon as you get hit, you're done. Mm-hmm. basically so the game like that's a, that's totally an option you can do it's totally there it's gonna suck but you can do it so the game kind of promotes you to pick other tactics as your not other tactics other um spheres of play as you're going through so, so it's kind of like a dynamic build system. yes basically yeah and as you pick up weapons you can either see like oh i'm picking up a lot of good brutality weapons uh which are like color-coded it's brutality is red tactics is purple and survival is green so they're all color-coded to make it a little bit easier Mm -hmm. but if you're picking up a lot of red weapons you're like okay i want to focus on doing the red shit if you're picking up a lot of purple you're focusing on a lot of purple green green everything but there are a lot of weapons that can uh, go in between the different classes that are like purple and green or purple and red or green and uh purple and everything so you can kind of balance it out there's a lot of variety in the way that you play and the fact that it's different every time promotes different ways of play every time that you play like yesterday i was i had a really good run i was just running around with like twin daggers and i was just smacking stuff and doing really good damage and then i died but then the next game i started i got a bunch of projectile shit i got a bunch of like fire brands and they're just basically like Molotov cocktails and you throw them and I only got like two and I'm like fuck it I'll run with this and I just ran with a bunch of protect uh, projectiles the whole time. Okay. So, so yeah. I saw one run you were doing right before it ended. It was it kind of seemed like a setup sort of run where you'd set up a couple of turrets you'd have those fire on them and yeah. then you'd use a different ability you just kind of rain hell from above. Yeah, that's like a tactics based one mm-hmm. where you're like you're out of the combat and everything but everything else that you throw down is gonna do tons of damage. So there's a ridiculous amount of variety and the game that you can have. It's extremely challenging from what I've been through so far. Uh, what I, From what I've seen, there are certain sections of the game of each map that are locked off if you don't get there in time. So let's say, what is it? Like if you get into the second area within a minute, you have another minute to get to a specific area, pick up a bunch of loot, and then keep running and everything. And it'll lock you out if you're too late. Like you'll get there and be like, this was um, locked like three minutes ago or something. Pity. All that. So there, use, there's a possibility to speed run the game and get through it really quick, but the majority of the time, the way to progress and like get a lot of good gear and loot to prepare your character is by spending a lot of time in each area and trying to beef yourself up, which takes a lot of time. So the runs end up being anywhere, from, from my experience, having not beaten the game yet but gotten pretty close, like 40, to, 40 minutes to an hour and everything, just for one really solid run. And yeah. then to die... 
and lose that is extremely frustrating because, <laughs> oh, my God, it sucks so bad. <laughs> it's a lot more disheartening than a Gungeon run. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But the game, again, has a, a ridiculous amount of variety in the way you can pick up loot and progress your character and keep building on your profile and building up stats, building up weapons that you can pick up and all of that. The game is just huge from what I've seen. One thing I'm curious about, Bailey, how's this game looking? How's this game looking? I don't it's I don't know how to describe it really. It's kind of all over the place, but in terms of looks, it's beautiful uh pixel art, sometimes 3D pixelized characters that are gorgeous. Um the backdrops are all well put together. It's a huge variety of environments. You can start in like a prison, go to a toxic sewer, go to like a weird possessed woods and you go to like a Pirates of the Caribbean land, then a clock tower, and then a big castle. And that's, like, just one route. From what I've seen, there's, like, four other routes you can take into, like, a, a weird graveyard and, like, uh, some others. I don't even know how to describe half of it. A lot of it's just really depressing, sad shit where a lot of people died. <laughs> <laughs> that's usually the, the details you get about an area. Like, a lot of people died here, and you're here now. <laughs> Bummer. Yeah. A this... lot of the uh, enemies are so different. Like, yes. None of the enemies look similar at all to me. Mm. It's super cool. Every area will have um, certain enemies that you can that carry over from each place, but a lot of the time they'll have like their specific tactic of enemy that you will run into. Like there's one specific area you guys I think saw it last night where you're in kind of an underground graveyard and you have to run by these lights or else you'll start taking damage. In that area, because it your uh, your vision is skewed and everything, they'll have a lot of enemies that are hard to see and fast, and a lot of enemies that can shoot through walls and attack you. Mm-hmm. And that's just one tactic for that area. In other areas, they have a very like congested spaces, and when you kill an enemy, they'll release traps that will hurt you unless you get out of that space. So it kind of confines you and makes you more like reactive to what you're doing and everything. Every area has their own tactics. Some are bullshit, like the castle. There's this one enemy where that just spins and sucks you in and kills you, and I hate that shit. It's the worst. <laughs> But at that point in the game, you're supposed to be super beefed up, so I guess they throw all the hard shit at you right then and there. But every every area has its own aesthetic and personality to it. That's very, very interesting. What I really love looking at especially was the different, like the variety of movement options. It looks like you can get yes. around and do what you want kind of in the game. Mm-hmm. As you, again, unlock your, your abilities and your... Your runes is what they call them, too. Start moving around. You can get, like, a ground pound. You can get a wall climb. Um, those are, like, basically the only movement options that you'll you'll have, but they open up a lot in the game. Like, every area, as I was going through it, I noticed a lot of, like, um, areas that I couldn't access or there's runes on the ground, and it definitely peaks it towards you. It's not like you've unlocked this. Now you get to see it. Like, it's always been there, and you'll always keep it in the back of your head. So, like, once you unlock a rune, you can be like, oh, that area over there, this area over here this spot in the ground was weird and um it's it's good about keying you in to when you should be going somewhere when you should be checking something out very good at that nice by the way it has a really good soundtrack yes the soundtrack is very killer as well but i get frustrated when i play it so i put something on in the background nice (laughs) keep me relaxed it just seems like the most in-depth roguelike i've seen yes i don't know is it roguelike or roguelite? Either way. Okay. I, I it's so weird at this point. Like, but, I don't... like, cause it seems like a a weird mix of a roguelite, but also 
not because it is so in-depth. Like a lot of what mm-hmm. you're describing to me is things that I've seen in Hollow Knight that yeah. isn't a roguelite at all. Mm-hmm. And I think that definitely goes with just how long the runs are. Yes. Um, I think that's really cool. Y- you, I got it for you because I was like, Bailey's going to like this game. And I was like, also, if he likes it and shows me it and I like it, then I'll get it. Because I've been on the fence about getting it too because mm-hmm. it looks awesome. But I was like, I don't know if this is my type of game. Yeah, but and I actually still kind of don't because I feel like it's gonna frustrate me a lot. But every time I see you play it, I'm like, "Ooh, that looks good." It's got that gungeon feel. Mm-hmm. So I might get it. If you do, let me know how it goes. Fuck yeah, Christian. This is just gonna be a big discussion for all of us. Yeah. Um, Resident Evil Four sure is good. Resident Evil Four. Sure is good. Oh, Dark too is good. Fucking, we cracked it open. You bet your bottom bippy. I said Resident Evil 6 is the best Resident Evil game to be uh, inflammatory and kind of a dick to you guys. But if I'm on the real... I figured. It's okay. I always knew that in the back of my head. Ain't nobody gonna take four. Ain't nobody gonna kick it down from the throne. Go ahead, say what you were gonna say. Shut the fuck up, Eminem. <laughs> 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 I need a second. <laughs> Shit. Uh, this is a Resident callback Evil from 4. very far, far back. We're at, it's an episode fucking... like two or three. Holy yeah. Goddamn. Only we could find something as funny as Jawas. Jawas. <laughs> I still think about that. <laughs> like, how would they do this? <laughs> Resident Evil 4 is probably the best Resident Evil game, hands down. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it gets kind of contender. Like, like we could say the remake is a contender. I'd say Resident Evil Two remake is also a contender. Mm-hmm. Resident Evil Two is a contender, but if we're gonna be real on the real on the real, Resident Evil Four is the re- best Resident Evil game. Yeah, yeah. I Resident Evil played... Four is just one of the best games ever. Yeah, probably the best like over the shoulder slash survival horror game ever made. Probably like ever. Uh, I'd put it neck and neck with Resident Evil Two remake, but I've never played. Like they're both games that I find compulsively playable. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And replayable. Like, there's not a, a single part of either of those games that fucking bores me. Yeah. Uh, there's not a part where I get lost. Uh, there's not a part where the, I feel like the momentum has slowed down to the point where it's like, well, this part's a slog. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's obviously parts where I like more than others. I prefer the village over, let's say, like, three quarters of the way through the castle area. I feel like that's the only area that drags, honestly. Mm-hmm. I don't know if I've gotten to that part yet. No, if you've just gotten to the bugs and you haven't gotten there okay. yet. I'm um, talking about, like, deep, deep, like, lava section, getting oh, the three pieces yeah. of the chimera. I know what you're Fucking about. slog area. Mm-hmm. Um, so I can't attest to that, but I think my favorite part of Resident Evil 4 right now is just the pacing. Like, the game starts off in the village, which I think is one of the best areas of any game. Oh, fuck it's yeah. It's just mm-hmm. so fun, so well, like, thought out. And you look at the map, and I'm just like, like, I expect the map to be so linear, but then it connects, and it's all nice. It's like a nice little wrapped package. I love it. Mm-hmm. And then um, you get Ashley, and you're like, fuck, I got I to gotta deal with Ashley. Mm-hmm. And then, like, right when I'm, like, not super frustrated, but I'm really, like, I'm, oh, my God. Ashley is so intense dealing with her. Like, I got to mm-hmm. the part where you have to lift her up onto these platforms, and she cranks the... um thing to lift up platforms from the water. That's one of the best parts of the game, though. And And yeah. so these guys are trying to pick her up and also attack you at the same time, and I beat that, and I was like, oh, my fucking God, what's next? Because I was, like, shaking. That part's so intense. Mm-hmm. Like, for she context's gets... sake, like, this comes right after you get your first uh, fucking big claw guy. I forget what those, what is what he's called. I forget what they're Wolverine. 
basically. Yeah, basically. So you fight one of those guys, this completely new enemy type. Then you walk into this big-ass room, and there's a bunch of shit, like a line of men with shields. In the back, there's other homeboys. Mm-hmm. There's dudes up on the top with crossbows. They're all coming at you. There's at least, like, 16 people. Mm-hmm. And then you're having to fight off another wave of people as they're coming at you and coming at Ashley at the same time. That shit's intense. Yeah, yeah. and I'm, like, freaking out, like, oh, what's next? And then she gets captured, which, oh, bummer. But I'm, like... Thank God I don't have to deal with her. And I'm walking around like, this is pretty nice. Like, I'm happy. I don't have the cameras closer to me. So Ashley's not here. It's all cool. And I see this invisible bug come at me. And I'm like, oh, my God, shit's intense again. Like, Mm -hmm. it's so good at, like, leaving you down for a split second. And it's like, ooh, something new's coming at you. Yeah. And I love how, like, this game knows it's dumb. This game knows Mm -hmm. it's fucking stupid. And my favorite goddamn boss, one of my favorite goddamn bosses out of any game, is the giant fucking salamander under the water. Yeah, mm-hmm. boy. This is like only like two, three hours into the game. I think it's like your first like real boss probably. Yeah. Unless you want to count one of the chainsaw guys, but not really. No, mm-hmm. I mean, there's two of them. Yeah, like a mini boss. But, um. Well, we and... call El Gigante a boss. Well, no, he's a mini boss. Mm, I'd consider Maxi him. mini boss? I'd consider him a boss. Yeah. Because there's Honestly. other, I love that part where there's two El Gigante versus you. That shit is the yeah. bomb. Yeah. But um, so you look into the water and you see this body get eaten by a giant salamander, like the size of a building. He just jumps up and goes down. You barely see him when this happens. So you don't really know what he looks like. And it's like, cool, I'm going to go in the water now. What what the fuck? (laughs) But the way this plays out is so dumb. You're on a boat. He shakes the boat a little bit and your anchor attaches to the salamander. And so he swims and he tugs you. And it's like, should I shoot him? No. I'm going to throw harpoons at him. Because mm-hmm. <laughs> Leon's got fucking guns. <laughs> and fucking, um, you just have to, like, steer the boat as it's tugging you along so you don't hit into things. And you have to dodge him trying to bite you. And then if he knocks you off the boat, you have to mash the fucking square button to get back on the boat. And it's so intense. And it's so dumb. And it's so fun. And mm-hmm. I just love how dumb it is dude leon fucking phelps though that dude is yoked yeah he's awesome he is jack and when Russell you're like Terrier. when you're like oh i beat the boss everything's fine everything's copacetic you're all like Phew. then you gotta fucking do a quick time event because the rope's tugging on your leg and you're about to fucking yeah. die like i think i had to, the controller down for a second and then i was like wait doesn't something happen here mm-hmm. and i noticed i was like shit <laughs> it's the first time I played that game, I died. Same. Because <laughs> I didn't know about the quick time event. I was like, oh my God, it's intense. Because water bosses just freak me out in general. I don't, th- I don't like something bigger in the water being with me. Mm-hmm. So like, I was just like, oh, shaky. And I put it down, and then it happened. And I was like, oh, and I had to do it all over again. I was so mad. <laughs> that boss is so good. And that comes oh. after like one of my favorite parts in the game when you're like in that bog, and there's those little above-ground wooden areas. Yeah. And there's all those uh, trip mines set up, and you just kind of lead enemies into those and thin out there. Because it's a large crowd of dudes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You start thinning out their ranks and grouping them together, and they like provide you with one grenade, which you can use pretty creatively. Yeah. It's such a good game. <laughs> one of my favorite parts it. in the game is the nighttime heal turn that you take around midway through the village. Yeah. Where it's like everything's in the dark, and the parasites have just started popping out of people's heads. Oh, so like right after the water boss. Yeah. Right after you that. see your first parasite. Yes. Yeah. Okay, yeah. Like when you go right back into the village and you have to deal with all these new obstacles and everybody's like 10 times scarier. Mm hmm. And you can't see mm-hmm. in front of you and there's all sorts of bear traps and shit. Mm hmm. It completely area is great. recontextualizes all these like fucking amazing areas again. And like by that point, 
you're not really, you know, this is just a dumb game. You're not spooked anymore. And then it gets dark and I start to get scared again. <laughs> like, mm-hmm. it just reels me back into, like, what's around the fucking corner. <laughs> like, the game knows how to do real good in spiking tension. Like, I remember that part in uh, the the maze in the middle of the castle. Oh, it's just those yes. fucking dogs. Fuck, no. And all you have to go on is, like, just the pitter-patter of paws and the growling of wolves. And it's like, ah, fuck. Yeah. I remember that part. And the regenerators later in the game. Like, that shit is intense. Yeah. And it's funny, too, because when I first started the game, I was like, fuck, these tank controls suck. Like, I was like, I felt so restricted. And then once you get used to it, you just feel like a fucking pro. Oh, yeah. Like, you're shooting people in the head behind the shields and shit, and it just works, and you feel great while doing it. It's Mm -hmm. awesome. My favorite moments in the game sometimes are when you completely cheese the game. <laughs> yeah. Like, there's that one part where he sends, like, what's his name? Salazar uh, sends that one fucking spooky predator looking thing at you. Verdugo. Verdugo, excuse me. Uh, he's one of his big, cloaked, scary bug men. And what I, what I always do is I hit him with the liquid nitrogen, it freezes him, and I pull out a fucking rocket launcher because I don't want to deal with this. Mm-hmm. Blow him to pieces. Yeah. That's the end of that boss fight. I did something similar with the two chainsaw ladies. I forget their name. <laughs> where, like, I just ran around in the circle for a second until they were close enough together, threw a flash grenade, and then threw, like, three grenades at them in a row, and they just both died. Mm-hmm. And I was like, cool. Fuck Not it. dealing with it. And my inventory Spice. isn't as full. <laughs> Side note. The inventory process that you go through within this game is hands down one of the best parts about the game. Oh, yeah. It's hands down. Yeah, it's so fun. I want this to be like a game on my phone, like a puzzle game. We've talked about it like briefly a little bit, but I would pay good money for a game that was just like organize your attache case and make everything look nice and pretty. Hmm, Put this handgun in, but also make sure everything's in the right category. Yeah. (laughs) But also don't make it upside down because that's going to piss me off. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> it's like cooking mama with an attache case full of grenades. I fucking love it. Oh, and it's be funny, great. too, because be everyone has their like own way of organizing shit, too. Like That just makes sense in their head, and I love it. Yeah, I always put the explosives and ammo on the top left, healing items on the top right, weapons on the bottom. I put all of the weapons like left formatted, ooh, um, just <laughs> down in a list, basically, like handgun, SMG, based on how wide they are, mm-hmm. I guess. And then I have all the ammo on the very right. And then right next to the pistol, I have all of the healing shit. And then right below is all of the grenades. So I have the healing shit and my pistol just right next to each other. How about you, Bailey? I do the, all my guns on the bottom. I keep my ammo to the top left and my healing to the top right. Ooh, ooh, yeah. ooh. We all have something different. Yeah. Who's on top? <laughs> it's going to be like another fucking Gordon Ramsay show or something. Jesus, God. You call that inventory <laughs> management? <laughs> All Wake all, up! <laughs> all in all, though, this game's fucking good. I mm-hmm. love it so much. Like, it is one of the most ridiculously fucking dumb games I have ever seen in my entire life. Like, one of my favorite things is Jack Krauser. Like, he's introduced, like, <laughs> hardly any fucking introduction. You get one fight with him. There's a bunch of homoeroticism. Like, at any moment, Leon could, like, lean over and kiss Krauser, and it would make no fucking difference. Mm-hmm. <laughs> 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 they have a weird fucking, there's this whole gigantic ass like Counter-Strike fucking arena that you fight in. Yeah. Where Krauser has like 10 million drones somehow set up beforehand. He's like, we'll put this drone here. I'm going to throw a flashbang here. There's going to be three drones. There's going to be crazy. And then he fucking opens up his arm into a big old blade and he starts fighting you like a bird. And then 
all of a sudden the tower is rigged with C4 and it blows up and that's that's like 20 minutes of the game. <laughs> so that's mm-hmm. 20 minutes. Fucking dumb. I feel like <laughs> you could put careless whisper over their entire conversation that they have. And it would be perfect. Like, he'd be like, like you, I'm American. It'd be just... <laughs> like, <laughs> we're going to have to do this more. <laughs> oh, my God. Like you, I'm a muscly, big American man in a foreign country. And it's like, go on, Krauser. <laughs> oh, so fucking dumb. And he very lovingly refers to him as comrade. I know what's going on. Come on now. It's fucking... Oh, my God. Just these moments, like... There, there's this big, complicated, like, helicopter set piece where there's a helicopter above, and he's one of your allies, and he's blowing shit up and shooting the, what are they called, the Ganados, mm-hmm. and everything's popping the fuck off, and then <laughs> it gets blown up with a, an RPG, and Leon's acting like he's known this guy for, like, 5,000 years, and that the audience's supposed to know this dude for, like, the beginning. is like, Mike, I'll avenge you. It's like, who the fuck was Mike? He's been here for the past 15 minutes. What about the first to- chopper that got shot down? What the fuck? <laughs> there was two? Yeah, because they went. They wanted a chopper to pick up Leon and Ashley, and she's like, Hunnigan's like, the chopper got shot down, and he's like, oh. Like, that, that's his entire response is, oh. I forgot about that. <laughs> yeah. We're down two choppers. We're down like, two she's mics. Like, she's like, we're going to prepare another one for you. And everyone's just like, yeah, someone fucking died. I don't then care. you forget about that. And six hours later, Mike's there. <laughs> Dude. I guess Mike's the Holy real dude, though. He made it through. He didn't get shot down. He wasn't a piece of text. He was there. He was real. <laughs> and then he got shot down. God. This game scratches the same itch that, like, Evil Dead does for me, where it's just dumb B-horror that, like, mm-hmm. is so laughable, but it's, like, my type of medium it's so good like if yeah. this game were a little bit like like 20 percent worse because there's so much going on in this game and all these systems and everything like mm-hmm. it could very well collapse in on itself yeah if it were 20 percent worse this game would be fucking so bad it's good mm-hmm. but now it's like so dumb it's amazing it just takes itself so seriously and that's what i love about it one of my other favorite points fighting Sadler on this, like, fucking weird oil platform thing. It's yeah. a piss-easy boss fight. Then you blow him up, and then you have to get on a jet ski with Ashley, and you're, like, zip-zapping through the area like James fucking Bond. Mm-hmm. And then Ashley's like, hey, man, can I ride your dick? And he's like, no. Credits. <laughs> God damn it. You want hey, some Leon. Overtime. <laughs> and he looks back, and he sees, like, this big-eared fucking chimpanzee. <laughs> It's just, no thanks, Ashley. I have another love. And you just pan up and you see Jack Krauser's face superimposed. <laughs> oh my God. Sunsetting. That would be amazing. And Holy then Careless fuck. Whisper starts to play and <laughs> then credits. And then credits. Oh. God damn. Also, end credits in this game? Like, dumb butt rock. I love it. Not mm. even that. The end credits are super sad. Are you guys they? notice that? I the thought little, it was like dumb butt rock. The drawings in the background are about, like, how the village people used to be before the parasite. And Jesus. it's like they're all, like, hanging out with their kids and they're, like, going to school and shit. And then Sadler shows up and gives them, like, a thing. And then, like, kids start to die. And it's like, oh, uh, what? <laughs> I didn't notice there's no kids in the... Oh, yeah. my God. It's... Oh. Fucking sad, and they save that right for the end. After you, the president's daughter asks you to fuck, like, like cool. Right after you've headshotted them five hundred thousand fucking times and blown off half of the heads of Spain. Yeah, it's pretty sad. <laughs> the wildlife in that area is gonna just blow up, man. It's gonna do great. Fuck it, man. All okay, those people true. not being around anymore. Mm. Very nice. 
What is that, Life After Humans or whatever? Yeah, basically. <laughs> Start reclaiming these shitty brick houses. Mm-hmm. God damn it. What a wonderful game. Mm-hmm. So good. Speaking of another fucking stupid-ass game, Resident Evil 2 Remake. I'm playing a <laughs> shitload of that. Mm-hmm. Uh, I've beat Leon A and B and Claire A. Working on Claire B. Restarted Claire A because Claire A is just the most fun, in my opinion. Okay. Um, That game is so fucking dumb. I love it. But I wish it was dumber. Yeah. You know, I mm-hmm. feel like it takes itself a wee too seriously because it's like, oh, we're remaking the game and it would be fucking ridiculous if we had this fucking Venus flytrap looking, walking around, dragging its arms around. It's like, no, that's what I love about Resident Evil. Bring it back. Mm-hmm. Bring back my dumb plant enemy instead of having like that. I appreciate Ivy's new design where it's like this pieces of a corpse with a bunch of plants interwrapped in it and it's fucking gross and scary looking and the face opens up like the thing. That's cool. But I love my big dumb Venus flytraps a lot. Yeah. I would have loved to have seen that dumb shit in HD. <laughs> um, another minor complaint, I started watching Tofu gameplay. And it kind of, it bums me out because the original Tofu, the entire point is that you can and will make it through this big dumbass like barrage of enemies without getting touched. Without them even having to acknowledge your existence, Tofu can just slip through. Mm-hmm. But now it's the AI and how the enemy handles you is so different. Like, with how they grab onto you and everything, the different scenarios with which they grab onto you and the defensive items, that you're going to get grabbed and bit, and you're going to have to use a bunch of defensive items, which kind of sucks because I love how the fourth survivor kind of systematizes Resident Evil 4 to an extent, kind of like how the mercenaries systematizes Resident Evil, Mm -hmm. where you're kind of – what's the word, optimizing all of the systems and really putting the game through its paces in those sorts of modes. Like, you're taking the combat of Resident Evil 4 and kicking it up to, like, 13 and seeing exactly what you can do with these characters and Mm -hmm. these different scenarios. Just snapping necks with Hunk (laughs) 24-7. Just like the fourth survivor, it's like you're optimizing the movement mechanics and seeing what you can do with those. I'm a little bit disappointed that they take away that sort of thing and replace it with what we got now. I'm not complaining about the Tofu Survivor because now there's five other pieces of Tofu that they added, which I fucking is the dumbest thing. And they all have different Japanese voice actors saying different goofy shit. (laughs) I love it. And my favorite thing is it's this fully modeled piece of Tofu that looks exactly like Tofu, by the way. And when you take damage, hunks of Tofu get eaten off. (laughs) Oh, that's good. And it's so dumb. That's awesome. My problem with it, though, is that it kind of misses the point of the fourth Survivor. Mm-hmm. So, kind of love it. I love that there's a bunch of extra content in this game. Um, really enjoying the playthrough. Mm-hmm. I'm kind of enjoying like shaving down time. This is my first game that I've really wanted to like speed run almost. Mm-hmm. Like get my time down and get my grade up because I know I can and I know where everything is and it's just a matter of doing it. Mm-hmm. Love it. That's always fun when you can get to that point with a game. Exactly. It just feels like you've unlocked it and you're like, this is my comfort zone now. Mm-hmm. It's getting to that point of replayability, like Resident Evil 4 levels, mm-hmm. honestly. So you're talking about like the Ivy design and it being kind of different from the old one, but cool as it is. Is there mm-hmm. any other designs in the game that change that are that are cool now or um, different? Or how do you feel about those? Like, I feel like the game like could take itself a little less seriously, honestly. Like it's mm-hmm. Resident Evil 2. Let's be real. Yeah. But I love the updated design for uh, William Birkin. Yeah. You like, said just that his final design is your favorite, right? His, Third design is my Third. favorite because okay. there's like level one William where's the eye coming out of his shoulder. 
uh, level two William, where it's like the little heads popping up, and then level three William, where he's like this fucking juggernaut pumpkin head looking motherfucker, mm-hmm. and then final horn William. I enjoyed taking his ass out. It was a great time, just kind of unloading into all these eyes and using your fucking anti tank gun to blow him to pieces. Mm-hmm. It's the shit. Mm-hmm. He's like pretty much like this flesh amalgam monster thing, and I love that so much. Um, I do like the new design for the um, G virus flesh buds because they're like these horrific, like body horror, like a couple of human limbs, and then the rest is just like this flesh pile. Mm-hmm. And it like opens up, and there's like maggots coming out of it, and it's the worst. But I love how it's in the sewer, I love how it looks. Uh, I love how Mr. X looks now. Because mm-hmm. it kind of looks like if you took a tyrant and you, like, stapled a face onto it <laughs> and put a suit and tie on it and was like, go get him. I love that shit. I love Mr. X. I'm kind of loving him more now, honestly, the more I play the game. Because, like, figuring out his systems, what he does and does not do. Mm-hmm. I, it's just a fantastic game, and I'm loving playing it. I love how, like, square his jaw is. <laughs> yeah. He's so square and handsome. He's so regal when I blow him up with a fucking magnum. It's so good. I love that they put a hat on him. Yeah, put a little and then you can blow I, it off. I love how he gets pissed when you take his hat off. He's like, motherfucker. <laughs> it comes at you that much harder. Holy now shit. Now I know. Mm-hmm. <laughs> ah, love that game. Having a real good time with it. So Dragon Ball Z has some new characters. Dragon Ball Fighter Z. Yes. Excuse me. New, uh, new season has come out for that game. And along with that, New characters, new characters to be announced. Um, a lot of fun stuff is happening. I'm really fucking... I, I like that Jiren's in the game now. Mm-hmm. So Jiren is one of the new fighters. Jiren is from the... Uh, the super uh, like the, side of the show. God, what's the tournament called? Oh, the Tournament of Power. Tournament of Power. Uh, he's like the big bad in the Tournament of Power. He looks like a bit like one of the classic gray aliens. If you, He never stopped working out. Yes. <laughs> oh, <laughs> like, dude, what a beefcake. cracker jacked. It's intense. Big boy. Um, the only problem I have with him is his costumes are ugly and he looks boring. <laughs> yeah, his character design, like as it is, from like other characters in the show and everything, it's just kind of boring. Mm-hmm. He's just kind of bland, and that's how a lot of people like he was, uh, just basically a staple of power in the show and everything. So he didn't really get like a cool build up or anything like that. Like yeah, he was just the biggest dude in the room for a really long time, and that's like all he was for a majority of the arc that he was in. It was never anything interesting. Like like Frieza got like he's the conqueror of galaxies and he's a slave driver he conquered the saiyans yeah and he's here to take this motherfucker over and get immortality from the dragon balls or with cell it was he's this horrible genetic abomination that has this crazy inferiority complex so he's sucking up more powerful beings to become perfect yeah or boo where he's this ancient evil genie thing made of bubble gum that turns people into candy Mm mm-hmm like, and if you'll notice, too, all the characters that you just mentioned also had a previous arc to build them up. Like, what was it? Frieza had the Sand Saga mm-hmm. to build him up and make him seem like a badass. Cell had the uh, android arc. the android arc to make him seem like a badass when that all happened. I forget. Boo, Boo had just a bunch of mini arcs. I yeah, think. there was a bunch of mini arcs. We had, and that's like, been, the like, Majin fusions. Boo arc. We had the, um, I forget what the Fat Boo would be called. It's, it's Majin Boo, then there's, like, no, it's Fat Boo, then... Majin like, Boo, then Kid Boo. Then Kid Boo, yeah. Kid Boo's fucking great, by the way. I love his design and everything yeah. about him. And then just Jiren shows up on the show, and Goku goes like, that guy's hot. 
I want to deal with that guy. <laughs> it's me, Ooh. the biggest, shiniest boy. In yeah, Goku's that's pretty much like, it. Mm. I think the first time you see Jiren in the show, like he's just standing there and like some rubble gets blown up behind Goku and everybody's like, oh my God. So they dodge all the rubble. Jiren doesn't move. He just has, he's standing there with his arms crossed and Goku goes like, he never moved. And that's <laughs> the it. Applebee's woman hasn't brought me my entree. <laughs> yeah. And that's how that's how Jiren gets introduced. And then, like as the show goes on, like people try and fight him, and he just butt fucks everybody. <laughs> like it's not even fair. But his character is kind of bland. Like he's a cool addition and everything, just as like a big beefy dude and everything. But in terms of characters and stuff, he's just kind of bland. And he, the, dude. the problem with him in Dragon Ball Fighter Z is, from what I've seen in the gameplay of him, uh, he's very kind of key blast zoning, mid zoning kind of range looking character. Okay. Uh, my problem with him is that they still haven't fulfilled my big grappler character that I want so fucking badly mm-hmm. and is in Dragon Ball somewhere. I know there's a character that just grapples the shit out of people in there somewhere. No, dude. The, or somebody that they can make be a grappler. Dragon Ball's all about fuck. throwing the biggest laser at the other guy. They're Put not Baki trying to in the game. That would be <laughs> sick. <laughs> Put Baki's yes. dad in the game same power level. <laughs> Put the grapplers in the game. <laughs> I want somebody. I want fucking somebody like Beowulf. I'm sick of nobody that's like, that, like I think Goku regular is the closest we get to somebody that's like fucking really in your face. Him and um, Bardock. Yeah. Just characters that are super duper in your fucking face. I love characters that have like, ten million command grabs that have a bunch of different effects and wall bounces and shit. And yeah. Wall bounces and other command grabs. People that like I know that Broly does this, but people that grab people by the face and slam them into the ground—that's yeah. my shit right there. You should play Piccolo. Well, I know Piccolo has command grabs, but he doesn't have like fucking. I'm going to toss you around because I'm the biggest guy in the room. Command grabs. Yeah, the only guy that has that is what is it? I forget his name. Cooler. He's not cooler. It's the other android. The oh, Android sixty. The... Wait, never mind. There he is. Yeah. Well, he it... doesn't have like. The ones where he grabs you. I want somebody that grabs you by the face and throws you into the ground. All of his moves, your command grabs. Though. I know they're command grabs, but they're not like the dopest. I know what they grabs. are, but they're not what they do. I know he's command grab, but it's not the way I want to grab. I this, don't like them. Mm, I want what I want. And I want it now. I'm sorry, but you can you can have Broly and Android 16 on your team. Put Cooler on there too. I want a bunch of yeah. dudes to grab people by there, the face. There you go. You got it. You I got like team, people to grab people, team swing grapple. them around. Team Grapple Boys. I'm glad we've gotten through this. Nice. All right, so Jaren's introduced uh, mid-range gameplay. Seems cool. Bland. But fucking Dell's in the game, though. Videl. uh, Gohan's Gohan's wife? Gohan's wife (laughs) is in the game. Mr. Satan's daughter, Hercules' daughter, is in the game. Do you know Uh, Mr. Satan is? Christian looks fucking confused. If they put Mr. Satan in the game, I would shit my pants. Hold on. Christian, I'm going to show you Mr. Satan is. You tell him about Videl. Go ahead. So Videl is Gohan's wife... Son of, I mean, mother of Pan. Uh, what she does is she has pretty much like an Android 16, no, no, 18 sort of thing where she calls in uh, the great Saiyan man, which is like the best Gohan possible. I don't give a fuck about the Boo arc. I give a fuck about. <laughs> There's a picture of Mr. Satan and he's great. So here's Mr. Satan slash Hercule. He's like a Hulk Hogan wannabe guy. He says he's the strongest man in the world. Yeah. I like him. And every time anything happens with, like, Is Goku. Is he in the game? No, he's not in the game. Why he should be. Why isn't he in the game? I don't know. He should be in there, He has though. a fro. He exactly. should be one with he all the command handlebars. And he's big. He grabs mm-hmm. you by the handlebars. He's the only thing that I'm interested with in Dragon Ball right now. Sorry. Yeah. Here. He's my favorite one. 
He's he has a jetpack and is dumb. Yeah, every time the Sands or any of like the main characters do anything on Earth, he's always there at the camera like, look at all these light effects. It's not real. <laughs> <laughs> it's great. I love him. His English voice actor goes above and beyond the Call of Duty. I fucking love him. Yeah. Uh, but Videl, she looks like a ton of fun. I love her costumes. I love her pigtails. Best character. We have two upcoming characters. I think it's, is it Gogeta? It's Gogeta and Broly from the movie. Basically swaps of the characters that are in the game, kind of like uh, Goku Blue and Vegito. Vegeta. Oh, fuck. There's Jeez. Vegito in the game, though. Vegito's in the game. Gogeta's. Vegito. Cheeto. Velveeta. Bo-bo-bo-bo-bo-bo-bo is in the game somewhere. Is he yeah. made a cheese? Hanuman Man. Sorry. Dragon Ball makes my head nauseous. It's okay, dude. Dude, Here, you're I'll, like... Actually, you know, it's not okay. Let me tell you about this. Vegito and Gogeta are the same people created through different means. If you mix them together, do you get like mac and cheese or something? No, you can't mix them together because they're already mixes of Goku and Vegito. I mean, Vegeta. Yeah, but why can't they mix if they're not mixes already? Because they're already mixed as it is. Yeah, but they could be mixed again. No. Here's the fucking thing, They they can't exist in the same place at the same time because it's like, think of it this way. Like, one was given birth through a C-section, one was given birth natural. It's like saying, why can't Bruce Wayne and Batman fuse together? Exactly. Well, I don't want just mac or just cheese. I want mac and cheese. They're already mac and cheese. But mac and cheese is Vegito and Gogito. It's just mac and cheese. It's it's like when I want to mix pizza and mac and cheese. Okay, okay. It's okay, mac and if you cheese, do that, you can. But there's but you more can't... mac or more cheese depending yeah. on which guy. I'm just it is. trying to make more puns that their names sound like cheeses. <laughs> you fucking fool! You, fu- you can't Cheetos and Velveeta cheese. You can't out dumb shit a Dragon Ball Z fan. Yeah, you Super right. Saiyan God, Super Saiyan. Can you out dumb that? Super Saiyan God, Super Saiyan Blue. Ooh, is Ooh. His hair blue. Yes, yes. it is oh blue. Oh my God, Goku Black's hair is pink. Wait. Yes, Go- so, okay, Super so Saiyan Rose there? is what they call it. What happened there is, in the future, an alien fuses with Goku and becomes Goku Rose. Thus, and then he overpowers his personality, and then later on in the arc, the alien fuses with himself from a different universe and becomes even stronger. This sounds worse than, like, Marvel Comics mixing together. Oh, it's together. dumb as and shit. And then Trunks from the future who went back in time Trunks. to get... Different Trunks future get, than Trunks wait, future wait, Trunks. Wait, Trunks like the swimwear? Yes, You but know what not. the fuck we're talking about. You've played Dragon Ball Fighter Z, Don't you play Koi? So Trunks from the future, I not the like future we know. So much more if it Close your wasn't fucking Dragon mouth Ball. while we lore at you. Yes, can he we, goes back in time. Can we talk about the piranha plant? <laughs> <laughs> no, no. So he goes the... back in time, goes and gets Goku and Vegeta from a certain timeline that he's never had to deal with. Grabs them, they come to the future, become Vegito, fight. Goku Black lose and then Trunks beats him and then they all go back. To and where you know they came it's from. different Trunks because his hair's blue, not purple. So yeah, <laughs> I thought Trunks was blonde. Piranha Plant. <laughs> Piranha Plant just came out for Super Smash Bros. Thank Ultimate. God. Oh <laughs> my First God. of five, I think six DLC characters, five with the DLC Super Pack, and one being Piranha Plant. Yeah, Piranha Plant, known from Mario Brothers as the plant that is in things. the ground. Yeah, can we say? He has some of the best alternate colors. He yes, do. he does. Like his mm-hmm. second one, I think. Basically inverts it, and he's like gold and green, kind of. Yeah. Oh my yeah, god, like he looks leaf, so good. His leaves are more yellow, and then he has like a. But blue they're not. Plant they're like bulb. yellow and green. It's like the stems are yellow, and the rest is green. It's so detailed. It's nice. Mm-hmm. 
Uh, he's one of my new favorite characters, honestly. I like him a lot. Uh, he's a lot of fun. He's more of a trickster character. His mm-hmm. neutral B kind of summons this weird spiky ball, and you can press <laughs> you can directional input, and it depends on the height that it's at. It'll go at a certain angle. Mm-hmm. It's really good for edge guarding and mm-hmm. just kind of laying shit out. I'm bad with him, but I think he's fun to play as. It's kind of like like I'm really bad with Isabel, but I think she's fun to play as. So if I'm like not looking to win, but I'm looking to have a good time, I'll play as this character. I like how yeah. you're like, shut the fuck up, nerd. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Yeah. No, it's fair, though. <laughs> I like him a lot. Uh, his side special, he shoots out a bunch of poison. That's really good for like defining area. It does a shitload of damage, too. Yeah. That shit racks up fast. It's basically think... just area denial. It's like side smash. He kind of whips his head around. And it looks really doofy. It's like, like I'm gonna spikes get on it, and it's <laughs> dumb as shit. His aerial recovery is super good, but it has uh, is really there... obvious like top uh, weakness. You can kind of get in there, do a spike on him. So it's really good, but it's a little. But bit But his fucked. leaves still hurt people, and it's really fun. Mm-hmm. It is really good. It's good. Like if someone's falling with me, and I do that, and I hit him a little bit, I know I'm gonna die, but I'm gonna get. I'm going to have a good time when I die. Like, I yeah. trapped Bailey in the moments where it was um, I have poison up, and I up special like right into the poison, so it's just doing like mondo fucking damage, and it feels great. Yeah. It's uh, frustrating. Also, he has little feet. <laughs> little I do feet. have little feet. He yes. has little tootsies. And he has uh, his down, his, I think his dare, his down air is a fucking spike, so I'm happy about that. You just you get your little feeties, get dunked on. Just yes. <laughs> Check this pot. Bop. <laughs> <laughs> it's great. Love him. Um, I love him. He's a real fun character to use. Uh, he's he's just good. He's so adaptable and so mm-hmm. much fun. And I'm really looking forward to If this is our DLC and all our new characters are fucking amazing, I'm really looking forward to Joker. Yeah. Yes. And I hope the, the next character gets announced at the next Direct that's coming this month. I hope we get some, some information about them. I still need to buy the pass. It's only 25 bucks. Gonna... That or dead cells. <laughs> All right. You do what you need Speaking to do. Speaking of, well, one last thing with Smash, I've been playing a whole lot of Wolf. Really fucking enjoying him. Mm-hmm. He's a real kind of all-rounder character. He can get up in your face really quickly, do mm-hmm. a bunch of shit there. He's not really a combo-based character, which is pretty good for me because I'm not great with combos. Uh, he's more just hitting hard and getting the fuck out of there, it feels like. Yeah. He has that awkward recovery, though. He does have really awkward recovery, but I'm starting to try to make it work for me. Yeah. It's not terrible recovery. It's awkward. Mm-hmm. So it's my progress with him. Took him online, found out that the net code is still bad. <laughs> yeah, that's not fun. It's okay. Me and you can just play. Yeah, no, it's Falcon true. Punch twenty four seven. Fuck yeah, dumb that's shit it. for life. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we've been playing recently, and he's been playing Wolf. I've been playing Captain Falcon, and we've just coined the term "dumb shit for life" because like when you overextend and you're like, "I want to do something dumb to kill you," and then it doesn't work out. <laughs> so yeah, dumb nice. shit for life. Yeah. You fall off the side of the screen. You're just fucking. Ooh. Yeah. I tried to Raptor boost, fell off. I tried to side smash and get you, and I was just a little bit short. My poor fort furry boy flies off the screen. Yeah, to get on that shit now. Dumb shit for life. Dumb shit for life. Nice. Mm-hmm. I gotta join that shit. You do? Join that do shit. Join it. Playing Sanic. Sanic. God damn it. Dude. You're gonna kill yourself I, a lot. I know, but I... I <laughs> Dumb shit Sonic's for life. just fun to play as. Dude, yeah. Suicide Sonic's the shit. Suicide Sonic. <laughs> oh, Jesus. That sounds like a sick band name. It does. Dude, that sounds like Suicide Silence, and I'm not about that. Ooh. Yeah. Fuck you, Christian. I don't know what you're trying change to do. The, change. Change. <laughs> <laughs> we know this topic. <laughs> Big topic of the episode. We're only getting to it like an hour in. <laughs> we are at an hour and 12 minutes. Holy Jesus <laughs> fucking Christ. This is going to be right. a long one, ladies and gentlemen. I know exactly what I'm talking about, though. I got all my points locked up. So, okay. All right. But, Bailey, since I started with you, Chris, do you have yours lined up? We didn't introduce 
Okay, oh, topic. Yeah. Uh, we talked about it at the beginning of the show. Uh, what piece of media would we remake? I don't think you can remake a book, so we're going to just leave that out. Uh, we're talking about, like, storylines, maybe video games. I don't think necessarily albums should count. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, you know, like, movies, TV shows, and video games. Something that we'd really like to see, mm-hmm. like, readapted or redone. Okay. Okay. Bailey, since you got yours lined up and the fucking crossed hairs, shoot it off. We were talking about this right before the show. All right. So, for my thing to be remade, I want the the whole Middle Earth, like, trilogy, chronology, the Lord of the Rings chronology made into an anime. Ooh. <laughs> I was, like, I was looking at my... Like my device right here mm-hmm. that I take notes on, and I heard that, and you piqued my interest. Yeah. <laughs> so, I want this to be animated by the same people who um, animated the first season of One Punch Man and the people who animated Hunter Hunter Madhouse. So it's gonna look gorgeous. It's gonna look beautiful, and I want the 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 voice adaptation to be done in English, and to be done by a uh, a YouTube channel. Under the name of Team Four Star. Now, I got some questions for you, Bailey. Yes. Okay, so Team Four Star, very good at truncating gigantic, long-ass plots. So I see what you're doing there. Yes. Lord of the Rings is fucking long. Yes, very confusing. So are we talking like seasonal anime? Like about one one book covered in about 13, 14 episodes? Or are we talking like episodic Naruto shit? I'm like thinking. How long, are we, how long is this going to be? I'm thinking at most 24 episodes. Okay, 24. The Two whole seasons. Thing? The whole thing, two all seasons, of three, all of three it. Three books. I'm sure Team Four Star is known for their ability to take convoluted plots and to dumb it down within like a couple seconds. And that's all that Lord of the Rings is. That's all that that Cimmerillion, The Hobbit, it's all just a bunch of stuff going on. And Team Four Star, the people who did Dragon Ball Abridged and a bunch of other anime abridged, can just condense it down to a, a joke and you can understand it. Okay, would we include The Hobbit in this though? Um, It's in the story. You gotta include it. Twenty-four episodes, Silmarillion two. Silmarillion two. I don't think we can do the Silmarillion. I think I think episodes. if they just can dumb it down, I think they can get it. I'm thinking thirty-two episodes tops. Okay, three seasons. We'll do it like the Silmarillion, the Hobbit, and the Lord of the Rings. Okay, cool. Okay. See, I th- I think that. What about the animators who did Castlevania? That would be cool, and that would fit with the style and everything. Um, that anime in action is very good, and its movement, they get it unlocked. The choreography of the fights and everything is beautiful. In between is very hard to watch. It's very okay. choppy. Okay. So Madhouse is beautiful at, like, every um, – this is, like, my dream thing. Like, in okay. terms of practicality, Castlevania group could probably take it and run with it. But, like, in oh, terms of just making it beautiful and <laughs> what, like, I'm imagining, Madhouse could probably do an amazing job. Okay. Okay. Yeah. I've got mine lined up. Christian, you? No. Okay. <laughs> This is going to be real controversial in this room. Okay. Because um, it very recently got a very good adaptation. I just wanted to get readapted. Berserk. Yeah. No, I totally <laughs> agree with you. Because I fucking, there's no way. Like, when people say things are unadaptable, I think that's bullshit. I just don't think you're thinking as creatively as you need to be. Yeah. We've seen that you can, I don't want to say dumb down, but streamline Kentaro Miura's gorgeous art mm-hmm. into something that looks good. You can see it in, like, the first opening for the new Berserk, actually. Like, those characters don't look too bad. If, if we put those in motion, give them a decent frame rate, let them move around, be expressive, like, in Miura's art, be fantastic. Yeah. 
Mm-hmm. Instead, we got the choppy fucking 3D. Yeah, that's just bad and dull and bland. Doesn't and do ugly, anything credit fucking... at all. Ugh. Now, I'm I'm going to say that the Berserk trilogy from a while back was good. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to say it's fantastic because, again, it was in that 3D, 2D hybrid thing. Mm-hmm. I'm way more of a fan of 2D. I'm a fan of how expressive it can be. I'm a fan of how the gore looks. Mm-hmm. Uh, all of that sort of thing. And I'm, I'm a fan of how much care goes into it, how much more care. Uh, it's especially with all the smear frames that you can put into things to make the movement look smooth because it's going to be really important yeah. with how Berserk looks and moves in the manga. Like, as long as you can make those strikes look aggressive, like kind of how um, Baki does. Mm-hmm. Like, how it's a still frame and there's slight movement, but, like, the lines that they're drawing lets you know where the force is going and how the impact is hitting and everything. That's true, but let's bring it up to, like, more of a JoJo's level. Oh, that'd be sick. I'd that be would all be about fucking that. good. Uh, in terms of... Uh, the studio, I think David Productions would knock it out of the park, the JoJo's team. I also think Madhouse would do a really good job, but mm-hmm. I think that their animation style and Berserk's, it's not as frenetic as Madhouse usually gets. Mm-hmm. But I do think they'd handle the action scenes fucking superbly. Yeah, also, yeah. the Castlevania guys would work really good. Yeah. Uh, I'm not a fan of how uh, their more still animations look. Mm-hmm. It kind of like everything slows down. It's kind of just yeah. like one of those like the lips are moving but nothing's going on. Yeah, sort of we'll call it like narrative animation. Narrative animation. Yeah, plot animation. <laughs> uh, it's not as expressive as I would like it to be because there's even in the more narrative moments of Berserk, there's a lot of movements and staging and all sorts of stuff going on. Yeah. Ugh, I could talk about Berserk all day. I was about to mention a scene and deep dive into it, but I'm just going to shut up. Mm-hmm. We got it. We got an episode for that later. <laughs> but for right now, I think um, we just need a really competent team to nail that the the paneling and the staging and how gorgeous Miura gets his layouts. Yeah, so fucking good. Mm-hmm. If you haven't read Berserk, read Berserk. Big content warning. There's a lot of fucked up shit in Berserk. Yeah, a lot of terrible, awful things happen to people that don't really deserve it. But it's just kind of like the tone that the 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 manga and the the anime are trying to set. I want to say our next Digging Deeper will be on Berserk, but that's kind of up in the air. Mm-hmm. Kind of Digging Deepers happen when they happen. Yeah. <laughs> and to be honest, there's a lot to go through with Berserk to try and, like, re-digest all of that, you know? Mm-hmm. There's so much to go through. So look forward to that, I guess, but I would really want to see an adaptation of Berserk that actually gets it right, something that's in 2D, mm-hmm. something that actually uh, nails Miura's, I guess, direction yeah. for the series. Mm-hmm. And I'm okay with the voice actors they have for I get the current Berserk. Mm-hmm. Just give that better. <laughs> yeah. Berserk deserves better as the best manga. Christian, do you have something to say? Okay. <clears throat> so I'm going to I'm gonna have maybe like one mini thing and then one bigger thing. Gotcha. That's right. cool. Start me off with a small fry. So I would love to see Spider-Man Blue adapted. God damn it, Christian. <laughs> the sad one. Oh. I would love to see Spider-Man Blue adapted in the same style as Into the Spider-Verse is because Into Ooh. the Spider-Verse does the older Peter Parker so well. Yeah. And Spider-Man Blue, what? I have a suggestion. Hmm. You know how the Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse is heavily cribs off of rap, R&B, and hip-hop culture? Spider-Man Blue could do blues and jazz. Yeah. Oh. That could be good. That, that could be real be good. That would be cool. Tone down the color palette. Add in like kind of a sepia blue filter to a lot of it. That's exactly what the comic does. Whenever it is in the future, it's all blue and dull. And whenever it's in the past, it's really bright and colorful. Do and exactly that. That's perfect. I want to see more of an old, jaded, sad Spider-Man in the media because I really love an older Peter Parker and Spider-Man 
uh, PS4, and I fucking love the older jaded Peter Parker in Into the Spider-Verse. Like, that's a Spider-Man I want to see handled more and more, because in the comics, we rarely see Spider-Man get past the age of, like, 24. Mm -hmm. And to see an older Spider-Man that's just, like, sad because being a superhero sucks, I want to see that. Number two is another Spider-Man thing. God mm -hmm. damn, you said Resident Evil 4 before we got here. Yeah, I've changed my mind. <laughs> well, damn it. What's, what is I it? I want to see, because I, I'm, I'm starting to think about it more, and I've actually been thinking about this for the past week or so, but I didn't Quick connect suggestion it. before you say anything. What? Resident Evil 2 system with the dismemberment. Wouldn't it be fucking hilarious if you could dismember like one of the chainsaw guy's arms and then his chainsaw falls on him? That would be awesome. Moving I on. I do want to see Resident Evil 4 remade. But, like, I also don't think it's as necessary as I thought on replaying it because that game still looks gorgeous. Mm. Just with, like, the HD remaster, whatever, mm -hmm. that we have on the PlayStation 4, it looks amazing. Okay. I want to see The Amazing Spider-Man redone without any Sony input. Because I'm okay. looking more into the, the development of The Amazing Spider-Man movies, especially after watching High Tops films talk about it more. And it seems like the director, Mark Webb, who did like, um, uh, I think it was 15, 500 Days of Summer. Yeah, mm -hmm. that one. And that's a great movie. And I think Mark Webb, his entire, like what he was trying to do with this movie was tell a more grounded Spider-Man story about a kid who has to deal with the abandonment issues he got when his parents and his father left him. Yeah. And like, for a while, I was really upset with how like, Andrew Garfield's Spider-Man was very cocky in the beginning of The Amazing Spider-Man, but it makes more sense now that I'm thinking on it. He's he's a kid that's been bullied his whole life. He just lost his uncle, and he's going after it. He lost his father when he was a kid, and like now he can finally be the bully. And when he finally becomes the Spider-Man that we all know and love is when he gives a kid back to his dad, and his kid gets what he will never be able to have because he doesn't have a father figure. Mm -hmm. And I would love... Like, I think Andrew Garfield did a great job as a Spider-Man. The web-swinging scenes in that movie are awesome. I think some of the CG in that movie can be better than um, Spider-Man Homecoming because I still think Tom Holland's suit looks good, but it always looks really fake in action. Mm -hmm. Like, when he's swinging around, it just looks too CG. Um, I just want to see... I like that they tried to go for a little bit more, like, of a personal story between Gwen Stacy and Andrew Garfield, and I still love their dynamic as characters, and they play so well off of each other. And I would like to see this movie redone with just Mark Webb, no Marvel and no Sony in it. I want Mark Webb to make his own Spider-Man movie. That would be rad. Okay. I love that idea, and I would love to see kind of like that teen romantic comedy Spider-Man. Yeah. It would be fucking amazing. It's almost like like when we saw um, Spider-Man, that was totally a um, Sam Raimi movie. Like yeah. That just felt like a Sam Raimi movie. <laughs> yeah. Where The Amazing Spider-Man feels like a Sony movie, and I want it to feel like a Mark Webb movie. And I want that. That's what I want. I That'd think it'd be, be really adorable. That'd be cool. Because like, I feel like that would take away some of my frustrations with Tom Holland's Spider-Man mm -hmm. and like be a happy medium between... Um, Andrew Gar I mean Tom Holland and Toby Maguire. My problem with the Tom Holland uh, adaptation of Spider-Man is that it is way too much like superheroism in the background. Like it's never there's never a focus on Spider-Man being a kid in that movie, I feel, as much as there should be. It's like there's kind of like 
mentions and gesturing at it and gesturing at like Spider-Man being like an awkward kid. Mm-hmm. But there's never just like <laughs> Spider-Man having Thanksgiving with his arch enemy. Yeah. Sort of shit. You're right. Mm-hmm. And with the Marvel Cinematic Universe in the background, it never feels like it gives Peter Parker a chance to breathe and just yeah. be his own character. It's and always I, in the context of a larger thing. I hope that after um, Infinity War, we can get more of that now mm-hmm. that like the big climax is gone. Mm-hmm. And like the Amazing Spider-Man even tried to do with what like the original Spider-Man did where you're having Thanksgiving with your villain, where he's having Thanksgiving with Gwen Stacy and her cop dad and her dad's like, He's a vigilante. He's bullying people. He's being a dick to people. And you see, like, Andrew Garfield there, and he's like, those words are fucking hitting him. He's like, shit, I have been being a dick. And it's just really nice to see him argue. And then, um, I forget the cop's name, but Gwen Stacy's Mm -hmm. dad bring up valid points and him just be like, fuck, you're right. Yeah. And I want to see, I want to see, like, we've had... A great Spider-Man game, a great Spider-Man animated movie. I want to see a live-action Spider-Man movie that just wins my heart, like Into the Spider-Verse did. Like something standalone. Yeah, and I just, I want to see a grounded Spider-Man. I'm sick of him being, like, in the MCU right now, Mm -hmm. you know? And I'm sick of fucking Tony Stark and all this shit in his movies. Yeah. Now we have Nick Fury in it. It's like, no, I want to see the friendly neighborhood Spider-Man. That's what I want. Yeah. Yeah, Fair enough. Hopefully Tony Stark dies. And in game. <laughs> but now he's got Nick Fury. And I don't even care for Nick Fury that much in the movies anyways. Yeah. Yeah, there's not much to him. Exactly. I mean, in the original Avengers, let's be real, he did have that badass moment where he's like, I don't give a fuck. We're going to do what we do. Yeah, but other than Avengers that, assemble. I just, yeah, I hope it's good. But, yep, that's my thing. Fuck, we went way over time, but I think that was a great episode. Mm. <laughs> yeah. Mm. Let us let us know what you would like to see remade or remastered. Yeah. That'd be sick. Get to us. Christian. What do we got to plug? <laughs> Tell us about it. That's it. We're done. Okay. No, what do we got to plug? Where are no, things? no, we're done. That's it. Oh. No, I'm kidding. That's the end of the I can take a podcast right before our one year anniversary. Fucking, by the way, I hope we can do something special for that. Yeah, we. Uh, so I think, wait, I'm going to look it up right now. Our first episode came out in March. I think it was March 14th or something like that. It, yeah, it was something early March. So we will be one year old on March 9th. March, holy shit. That's we are up. one year old. Not yet. Wow. We're almost one year old. Almost one year old. We're doing this podcast, we're almost a year. Let's hope we can do something special for that. No promises, but we can try. We'll try. We'll think of stuff tonight. But um, thanks for listening to this episode of the I Can Dig It podcast. Um. If you like us, rate us on iTunes. Fucking reach out to us because I want to talk to people. Um, you can find the show on Twitter at I Can Dig It Pod, or you can find it on the internet at I Can Dig Blog. You can also find me on Twitter at I Chris Romero. You can find Isaiah at Duco Zombies. You can find Bailey somewhere. On the I don't streets. know where. He's just he's just a mystery. Find me man. on the streets and talk Resident Evil thoughts. That's right. I don't even have a social, dude. I'm off the grid. Mm. And I think that's about it. I think. Um, uh, what's our What's our email? I can dig it eighteen at gmail dot com. You can email us. Send me a DM on Twitter instead. <laughs> I fucking hate email. <laughs> DMs are open. Slide in there. Questions, you can knock concerned. too. Like you don't have to slide. No, I want to see a slide. Oh yeah. Yeah. Okay. I'm picky. I'm sorry. I don't like I email see... and I don't like knocks. I like slides. Oh. I want to see a uh, risky business slide. Come on, dude. Please slide in with pants on. 
Don't slide in your, with your underwear. Pants off. Ask us something we. <laughs> That's opening up a bad. Please don't. <laughs> just just say something on Twitter. That's Find me on the streets. Slide Pants in, required. Slide into only Chris's DM with unsolicited dick pics. This has been episode don't 22 know. of the I Can Take a Podcast. All right, everybody. Dick pics Ike. going in one direction. I've been Ike. I've been Bailey. I've been Christian. And send Christian dick pics. Thanks Thank for listening. Thank you.